Hi, I'm Dominic Patton. And I'm Pete Hammond. And this is the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. Today we're going to be discussing the Emmy contenders for Best Actor in a Limited Series or TV Movie. Plus, you'll hear my interview with Connie Britton from Dirty John and Dominic's interview with Tanya Saracho and the cast of Vita from our annual Emmy Contenders event. But first of all, Best Actor in a Limited Series. I mean, there is a... A very, very deep bench here, I think. There's almost almost no one, no one actually from last year is eligible this year. But the people who are eligible this year are I mean, like Oscar winners like Anthony Hopkins, Ian McShane, Chris Pine, you know, uh, Hugh Grant, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Like, there are so many people. And of course, the double Oscar winner, Mahershala Ali for, yeah. true, for season three of True Detective. Well, we have the last two supporting actor winners for Oscars, Sam Rockwell and Mahershala Ali. Actually, the last three. Yeah, because Marshall Ali won yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, twice. I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't really know how. You, I mean, I don't know how you do this. I mean, Emmy, the Emmy. Well, you in sit general, down and vote, Dominic. Yeah, but they, no. <laughs> thank you very much. I'm yeah. sure you could have won Pennsylvania for Hillary Clinton, there, my friend. <laughs> but I will also say, I mean, you know, the, the Emmys love to to get a little bit of Oscar glitter on them. Yeah, vice versa, I guess, in yeah. many ways nowadays. But this is this is impossible. It's just yeah. impossible. I mean, I I guess. You just have to go with your heart on this one. So what would yours be? Well, mine, uh, really, I think that um, Sam Rockwell's great as Bob Fosse in uh, Fosse Verdon. And I think Mahershala is great in True Detective. They've rescued, actually, single-handedly True Detective from their disastrous second season and brought it back to glory here. And Mahershala... You know, season two of True Detective isn't actually that bad. If okay. you watch it again. No, watch no. it again. It okay. actually becomes quite... You, re- right. you realize it's actually about Rachel McAdams. And that's a much better show, actually. Okay. Yeah. You really want me to watch it again? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. Okay. I do. Uh, yeah, all right. You praise the third season. <laughs> you, mu- you must watch the second. Okay, we'll watch the second one again. But before we do that, let's talk about the third season here. Mahershala really brings a certain style to it. I think he's got so much heat in the business right now. Okay. There's yeah, no totally, question about totally. it. And, uh, and so much goodwill. And plus, he's a guy who's willing to go out there and uh, show up and campaign and do all the things you need to do uh, these days for this sort of thing. So I would say he's probably your front runner in this category. I really like Sam Rockwell. He's an actor who keeps transforming himself. And I really believed him as Bob Fosse. So, and he's an actor's actor. They just love him. And, uh, and he's come into his own finally after years and years of being ignored in, in awards. And I think this is uh, very good for him. And another actor like that too, who I don't think has ever gotten his true recognition, um, you know, awards-wise, is Hugh Grant. He's uh, well, so good in so many things. Well, and, 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 and exceptionally good in a very English scandal, which is yeah. based on the true story of Jeremy Thorpe, who was the... I guess could have been the deputy prime minister of England at one point was the leader of the Liberal Party and who was a man who was very afraid that the world would find out about his sexual preferences to the point where he tried to have his lover killed. And it's if it wasn't a true story, you wouldn't believe it. It's such an incredible (laughs) terror of errors and comedic errors at the same time. And Hugh Grant is just fantastic in it. I mean, his charm is uh, is un, uh, undeniable. But the way he actually does it here is in such a way that you find yourself again and again wondering: Is th- can this be true? Right. You know, I, when I was a kid and I go visit my family in England, um, the Jeremy Thorpe scandal went on for several years, uh, including a court case, which is, I mean, just for the very end of the of the of, the, of a very new scandal, you won't believe that. And it, it transfixed people. 
And yeah. now, years and years later, I think Hugh Grant has given it a whole new life and a whole new perspective, and he's just fantastic in it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that he'll be nominated along with Mahershala, Sam Rockwell, and of course, Benedict Cumberbatch. He practically owns this category. It doesn't matter what he does; they nominate this yeah, guy. Day they should re they should rename <laughs> it for him. Like one of those benches <laughs> in the park. Like, I think so too. You know, I mean, it doesn't really matter, but he always seems to find himself in this race. They like him. And oh boy, how can we re resist Anthony Hopkins in anything? Speaking of, that. I know, I know. And Anthony King Hopkins Lear. doing Shakespeare. Yeah, King yes, Lear. Anthony Hopkins doing wow, Shakespeare. you know, you have your choice of Anthony Hopkins as King Lear this year and uh, Glenda Jackson on Broadway right now. You know, take it. And it's, it's very. <laughs> and then you know, there are other people like, like honestly, yeah. I, I never thought I would say this but as an Emmy nominee, but Jonah Hill in in Maniac. You know, yeah. it's just it, it's just fantastic. The Netflix series. Uh, you know. Peter Dinklage, Game of Thrones, uh, Godhead, My Dinner with Herb, which is, is uh, if you're a fan of Fantasy Island, you'll know what I mean by this. Oh, Herb uh, Villachez, yeah, he's I mean, playing. It, it, he, yeah, well, it's it, perfect casting, obviously. Perfect casting for, for yeah. an obvious reason, but also yeah. perfect casting for another reason is when you think about his career, what he's gone through, the way I, he finds this character is fantastic. And it, it's kind of a night gone crazy in a little, in a little bit of a way in L.A. with a, uh, a European journalist, but... It really, it really is a, a commanding story. N not, not very well marketed, I felt actually right. when it came out, but very, very, very well worth watching. So this year, I, I find, I don't know, is it Battle of the Oscar Buddies? Maybe with with Hugh Grant being the one who can elbow his way to the front. Yeah, well, we have uh, another movie star here, Chris Pine, who's uh, uh, trying to get into the race with I Am the Night, but I don't feel the buzz there. I don't. Well, know. and that, it's interesting that one yeah. because you know before before it actually aired, it was you know it's Chris Pine's. Reuniting, in a sense, with Patty Jenkins, who, right. who directed him in Wonder Woman yeah. and and Will in Wonder Woman 1984, and and yet it just didn't it didn't seem to land. It just right. did, there was no there was no arrow there was no uh, Wonder Woman webbing to keep this one going. No, they're uh, they're definitely campaigning it. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's it, they're doing their, what they need to do with the Academy events and things, and they're all showing up. But I don't know. I don't feel it now. What about this is interesting. Ian McShane coming back in Deadwood, the movie. I think that one. Will, I think that <laughs> one will attract. More attention than people think. I mean, Deadwood yeah. is well. A, it's a role literally, literally custom made for Ian McShane. Right. Ian McShane is around a lot right now with American Gods and everything else. And secondly, people love Deadwood. I mean, Deadwood was a great show. Yeah. And this, this, this film, uh, I've seen it. So I will say it has a unique way of taking the existing story, but really being a film. Uh, and, and, and set like that. So it's yeah. not like, oh, we're just kind of kicking more of the story along. It's a thing, and it exists unto itself. And he's fantastic in it, obscenities and all. Well, let's not forget another great role. And sometimes when you're looking at this, when you look at King Lear and these kinds of roles, there's great roles. And Jean Valjean in Les Miserables <laughs> is a great role. No matter who plays it, they seem to get nominated for something. Hugh Jackman, obviously, for the musical version. Uh, now we have Dominic West here. And well, you know, I, I'm always preferable to a man named Dominic. Yes. Just my thing. So this is your namesake. This here. is my name. And plus he's a great guy. You know, oh there God. is a there is a deep, deep well here. And I, I think I, I think it's hard to tell sometimes. If this yeah. was a Golden Globes list we were looking at, right. I, I would push Dominic West well up towards the top. Uh, in in this list, it's a little harder to tell with the Emmy voters where they'll go. That and honestly, yeah. it's a little hard to tell how many of them are going to watch it. That's what PBS. I was just going to say. You know, how many of them are actually going to watch this or feel like they've already seen it in one way or another? One one show I do think they watched is Escape at, at Danamora. 
And uh, you have yet another supporting actor Oscar winner here in the race with Benicio Del Toro, another very admired actor playing here with Paul Dano. And, and of course, an Oscar winner in Patricia Arquette. And, yes. you know, someone who has got, got, definitely had multiple nominations more than likely yeah, for herself. Yeah, and I think she's the one that's gotten the most attention uh, for this. So I don't know if the two guys here are going to get it. Um, it, yeah. it, you know, it, it's not the role really, the transformative role really was hers here. So, yeah, I mean, they were, look, it, it'd be, it would, actors of that caliber, you never want to say they're pedestrian or something, but they were playing yeah. pretty standard role. Again, right. true story, yes. but pretty standard roles. Whereas Patricia, I think was really, she was taking you into a character you didn't feel, you know, you knew about the yeah. two guys who escaped and the manhunt and et cetera, et cetera. Her character, you heard about in the kind of the fallout of that whole real life event a few years ago, when you watch uh, escape, you, you get a greater sense of who was the motivating force. Now, what on. do we think about a show that's getting an enormous, will get an enormous amount of publicity as it goes along as Catch-22. George Clooney's uh, produced it, directed it. Uh, and this has Christopher Abbott. And I, Christopher I, Abbott. Again, yeah. I, you know, this is a plethora of riches this category right now. And I don't yeah. know, I don't know if Catch-22 can catch fire like this against this kind of competition. It, they're really, there's a lot. And you know, there are shows that you thought might have come, like Little Drummer Girl, which kind of was supposed Alexander to be- Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah, which was kind of supposed to be the Night Manager 2.0. Yeah. And it didn't really, it didn't no. really catch like that. I don't it didn't think have it to check it. in. I don't even think the original movie of Little Drummer Girl worked either. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> true. I mean, you know. It might be the material. There, there are good John LeCare books and there are bad ones. And yeah. there are some that fall in the middle. And maybe this was one of those. So I, I think- yeah. I think either way, in this one, you know, usually both you and I walk away or come in with, with a kind of, this is our guy, or this right. is, this is our, our, our lady. In this one, I really don't know. I think it's going to be Mahershala. Yeah. I do think it's going to be Mahershala. But I think the, the, the Brit uh, double, the double deke of, of Hugh Grant and Benedict Cumberbatch, one of them could grab it. It really is. So tell us what you think. If you okay. think we're wrong, right, or if you think this one's wide open. All right. Well, now I had the uh, pleasure of talking to Connie Britton, who's an actress that has done her share of miniseries, limited series, regular series, every kind of series you can think of, sometimes in the same season as she's done uh, right now. And she talked about them, but particularly one that started as a podcast, Dirty John. It's pretty harrowing stuff to watch, and she's terrific in it. We had a really good time talking to her. Here's that conversation. I'm so glad to have you here because you're on every other television series I've ever seen. Oh, you, really? You've done so many, the ones I watch. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> that's, that's the goal. Yeah, right. So, yay, mission accomplished. From Friday okay. Night Lights and Nashville and on and on. You, you know how to pick them is what I want to say. Well, thanks. <laughs> I feel really, for you know, it's wonderful to have these opportunities. And, yeah. you know, I just always try to choose things that I feel are going to be a little bit of a stretch, a little bit outside my comfort zone and something maybe I haven't done before. So what do you look for? You know, because you have worked so much. Uh, you're what they, you're a star and you're a working actress. You're both those things. Um, well, thanks. Yeah. I, um, what do I look for? I, I really do look to, I look for, for an opportunity to do something that feels like I haven't done it before. Right. Um, I grew up watching television and I loved it and I love it. Um, but back in those days, you know, people talked a lot about being pigeonholed and yeah. especially TV and film were really separate things. Right. And so I kind of grew up with this idea that, you know, if you do too many episodes of television, then you can't do anything else. Um, and even though that doesn't even really apply in this day and age, things right. have changed so much. But I still have that in the back of my mind. <laughs> and so after Friday Night Lights, I really 
I, I had a little bit of a crisis moment where I thought, where do I go from here? I loved playing that role so much. I loved that show so, so much. So critically acclaimed, too. It's hard to get right. those in network television. Yeah, well, and you know, and that was, that was just all the icing on the cake, but really the experience of that show was so special and unique. And, um, you know, so, so I really, I did some soul searching after that, and uh, then Ryan Murphy came to me and said, um, mm -hmm. I have the thing, you know, Ryan Murphy is so good at identifying exactly what you need to hear, because yeah. he said, I have the thing that is going to be the opposite of what you've just been doing for the last five years. Ah. And which was American Horror Story, the first season of American Horror Story, which I was, you know, appalled by. And, you know, I thought, <laughs> oh, this rubber man, this is never going to actually make it on television. Because <laughs> nobody That's knew at that point. Of, you know, when I read that initial pilot script, I was like, no way. I mean, I, you know, and I, I was I was just following Ryan's lead on that show. And uh, it was really, that was an exciting thing to be a part of. And that, for me, was... Um, facing fears and challenging myself. And so that was where led I led really, to an Emmy nomination. It, too. Well, it, it did. And, mm -hmm. and, and then it led to a really incredible, what has become a really incredible series. Um, but um, which you've now revisited, um, which I've now revisited, which was <laughs> this fun. season, yeah. Apocalypse. So I know that's unusual for this series. For to, I think that's why they've switched its Emmy categories to drama series from Limited because oh, you're yeah. playing the same characters. I it. well, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I, I think that was the reason. Oh. And uh, there's a little uh, rule thing there, so you're in a different category because of that, but you're doing Vivian again. So. Yes, I did Vivian <laughs> again, and not only that, but it was really, we got to shoot in the original uh, Murder House, wow. which um, we did for the pilot of mm -hmm. American Horror Story, um, but we shot in the house, uh, and then once we went to series, um, they built they built an exact replica uh, on the soundstage. So, but for to shoot that episode uh, of Apocalypse, we went back to the house, and that was that was a really cool experience. And Sarah Paulson was directing, so wow. it yeah. it really <laughs> was it, that that was an exciting homecoming for sure. That's so great. And what's yeah. it like when you you've been away from a character that long, and then you get to revisit it when you probably thought you had no idea that you would ever do that again. I will, I'll be honest, I, ha I had to have some people answer some questions about, wait, what happened at the end? Where did we leave off with these characters? Um, and then of course, you know, now we've had all these subsequent years and uh, there are all these new characters in there that, and I, so I had to be really refreshed on, on it. Right. But um, having Sarah there was, was so uh, calming. Mm -hmm. Um, because she was able to kind of say, listen, it's, it's all a little bit of a question mark. It's fine, you know? <laughs> and so, um, but it, it did kind of come right back, you know, mm -hmm. this feeling. Walking into that house, there's nothing like being in a space right. um, to really bring back what the experience was. And I was fortunate, as I have been actually a number of times, to talk to the creator and two of the primary cast members of Stars Vita. I actually sat down with them this time on stage at, uh, at Paramount in the Paramount Theater during our Contenders Emmys event. And here is what we chatted about. You know, Vita has been a game changer and, a, and a, I would say a barrier breaker in many different ways. Now you guys looking back, how was season one for you and what was the sort of reaction you got from people? Well, it was... 
it was great. And we, it's not that we weren't expecting it because we didn't know the, that we had a, a quality story we were telling, but it was just, uh, we were just newbies, you know? And it was just a, a, exciting that, that it was resonating for so many people, not just Latinx, not just queer Latinx, um, but like for immigrant, like it, basically it, the, rea the reaction was um, surprising, but um, very welcomed. What has been the sort of reaction you guys have had and, and, and how has it informed you maybe more about the show and, and its, its characters? When I was shooting season one, obviously I'm invested in Lynn's story and in, in order to be able to portray her, honestly, I can't judge her. So for me, there wasn't, I didn't see all that she was doing was so wrong in so many ways. So it was very surprising to me seeing the reaction and the hate that she got from the audience. And I was like, why do they hate me? No, but a lot of people really liked you as well. But we only hear the hate, you know, and that's kind of part of it. I mean, I know I was actually really expecting people to just dislike Emma. And I was down for it. I was like, all right, this is how it's going to be. And that's you have, fine. like, pre-planned tweets to shoot back? Yeah, I was like, yeah, they were, they were, we're not going to talk about them. I didn't have to send them With back. your hoop ear. <laughs> but, um, but I was surprised, actually, how many people would come up to me and be like, I wish I was more like you or, or like Emma. And I was like, really? Because she's a little tough. But it was, it, was, it was interesting. And I think it was also seeing such a strong woman that had flaws, um, but also was still trying to pick up the pieces and, and seeing what that was. I, it resonated with people, especially her being Latinx and queer. And you know, just from a brown gaze, we don't get to see that so often. So I think people were really, really excited to see that. When we did a screening in the neighborhood, do you remember that? Oh, yeah, was they were, um, it, was, it was awesome because a lot of people were ready to come hate a little bit. And then afterwards, they were like, I came ready to hate, but man, I love it. You got it right. And you got the boulevard right. You got the like, especially because we have not had, um, our narratives have been missing from television, you know, for, for a long time. Um, so to be inside these homes, because a lot of times we see the east side in this, um, uh, in just a two-dimensional way, but we were inside the home, and the home is culturally accurate because we're there handling that, you know? You open the drawers, and everything yeah. is accurate. The things you don't see, yeah. like the fact that you... Doilies and yeah, stuff. Like, yeah. like the candies. I'm like, can I eat these? Yeah. They're like, no, those are set pieces. What I love about second season for Lynn is that um, I think the audience is going to be very surprised. It's a very different side to Lynn. She, like she says, she's ready to buck, and she means it. She wants her sister to be proud of her. She wants to contribute, and she wants to to help her sister in, in her own up. way. And she is a very smart, creative person that sees this bar as the possibility to bring in this whole new concept to the neighborhood and that doesn't sit well with the people that are because that's and literally gentrification exactly. yeah. and you the i think the biggest thing that you do see is how they need each other and whether emma chooses to admit it or not like there is an aspect that we are no one's an island we need each other and that's usually the better way to grow which is goes to the bigger, you know, picture of what's happening in our country right now. Um, that the more we learn about each other and the more we can appreciate our differences as opposed to look at somebody else and be like, why are you not like me? So thanks for listening to the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes so you never miss an episode of Pete and I. And of course you can find all of our Emmy breaking news coverage at Deadline.com. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you soon. Bye.